prayer. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Father, as we come before you, we, we do so with thankful hearts. Lord, it's so easy to come to prayer and just pour out our request and give me, give me, give me, and, and not just to praise you for who you are. Uh, Lord, that you're the King of kings and Lord of lords, the, the great I am, uh, uh, the creator of the universe and, and uh, one who sustains it by uh, your mighty power. And so, Lord, we just come again to you praising you as we have sung praises to you and uh, as we'll look into your word in a few moments. Just um, uh, help me, Lord, to, to share what's on my heart and what's uh, on your heart uh, to these uh, children of yours. And, and so, Lord, uh, we need you. Uh, we need you, Father, because we are prone to, to wander, to leave the God we love. And I confess to you, Father, uh, my wandering at times, and help me, God, to, uh, to be real, to, to be honest and open and confess my sin before you, uh, that I would not think more highly of myself than I ought to think. Uh, so, Lord, we, we just need you and uh, work in, in, in our lives. Humble us, God, uh, because we all need to be humbled uh, that we might be lifted up. And so, Lord, you're the, you're the, the teacher. Your Holy Spirit uh, uh, is working in us uh, both to will and to do of your good pleasure, and we, we praise you. We praise you that you'll never leave us or forsake us, uh, that you've given us your, your infallible word, um, that it is inspired, that it is God-breathed. Uh, Lord, you're such a gracious God. And Lord, we know that all things are working together for our good uh, to, uh, to those that, that love you. And Lord, we do love you this morning. We love you, Father, uh, for loving us first, as we have sung about this morning. And so uh, we lift these requests to you and I would lift Barb to you as she's away from Dave. And just a lesser time uh, there in North Carolina, and, and uh, it might be a rich and rewarding time. We think of Janice. Uh, she's uh, recuperating, and uh, you encourage her heart. Help us to encourage her when we, when we can either call her or write her a letter. Lord, I would pray for Lily, uh, Dicey's uh, mother, uh, that, uh, who is recovering, uh, and, and Father, just strengthen her. Be with Dicey and, uh, and Ronnie as they minister to her. Lift up Dad to you continually. Uh, uh, I thank you, Father, that he is getting uh, better slowly. Uh, and, of course, my desire is that uh, uh, he'd live to be 100. But uh, you, you know, uh, and the times are in your hands. Uh, they're all numbered, and so we, we take comfort in that as well. Uh, Lord, we do thank you and praise you for the safe delivery of, of uh, Heidi's and, and Ben's uh, new child. And Oh, God, I, I, I just would uh, pray that you would be with Heidi, that you would just strengthen her, heal her physically and, and mentally, and as she can cope with two children now and Ben is, uh, Lord, this makes things uh, doubly complicated. Uh, and so, Lord, they need you. Uh, they need to uh, uh, rest in you, to look to you, and help them to do that. 
for Kevin and Scarlett as they're away seeing Kevin's sister. Uh, just bless them and watch over them. For Bruce, uh, God, uh, there in North Carolina, uh, encourage him, Lord. Uh, Lord, that he would not be depressed, that he would uh, really trust you through all of this with his son who is dying of cancer. Uh, oh, God, uh, just... Uh, minister to him in, a, in a, piety, uh, a mighty and powerful way. And Lord, we lift up Andrew to you, and as he is preparing for this youth camp, as he'll be speaking, speak through him and to the hearts of these uh, children who will not, uh, may never uh, enter a church building, but Lord, that you would uh, touch their hearts as he speaks to them. And open their hearts, O oh God to who you are, to your truth in Christ. And so, Father, we uh, just, again, lift up our nation to you. Uh, have mercy on us, O God. Uh, may your spirit go out in power, changing hearts. Uh, Lord, uh, in your wrath, remember mercy. And uh, so, Lord, we lift all of these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> I in Romans, if you will turn to Romans, I have a, quite a number of verses this morning, so uh, if I just read all the verses, we'd probably be here 30 minutes, so. but uh, the Bible does speak uh, quite a bit about the importance of sound doctrine, and, and again, Paul touches on this in Romans 16, and I'll read verses 17 through 20, although we'll just look at verses 17 and 18. Lord willing. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching or doctrine which you have learned, and turn away from them. Such men are slaves, not of the Lord Jesus Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. For the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore, I am rejoicing over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. And, and may God uh, bless to our hearts the reading of, of this portion of his word as, and, and also the other portions we'll be reading this morning. And, uh, you know, it's in the church, uh, people tend to be two types. Uh, not, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but uh, a lot of people are very emotional. Uh, they're very personable. They, you know, are concerned about everybody's, what's going on in the other people's lives, and this is a great thing. But a lot of times those people tend to not be really that concerned about sound doctrine, the teaching uh, uh, from God's Word and the importance of that. We've, I've been to a church where that was, case, was the case, and I, and I said, all right, I'm going to teach the 39 articles of this church, and they said, what is that? And most of them had never read the 39 articles, what they were supposed to believe. But I'm not saying they weren't Christians. I'm just saying that they were and we t all tend to do this, get out of balance, okay? We tend to be uh, over here maybe 
uh, I'm sound and I'm a fighting fundamentalist. And, uh, and yet then we forget over here to love people and to, to uh, just be loving uh, Christians. And so uh, this morning I want to address this point in the fact that I believe you can be both. As a matter of fact, if you're sound in doctrine, I think the other flows from that or should flow from that because we're not saved by works. You're not saved by being good to people, but you're saved uh, by faith in Christ, in Christ alone and his finished work on the cross. And as we have sung this morning, we now have his righteousness. That's why why we can come this morning together and worship because we... All of our righteousness is filthy rags. And so, uh, we need to take a stand, though, for truth. And I'm not minimizing that. That's extremely important. That's what Paul is talking about here. Uh, There are truths that all Christians must hold to. Uh, You don't abandon truth to keep peace in the church. You don't abandon uh, truth uh, so you can get along. You know, don't rock the boat. Uh, don't deal with sin because people are leaving. We need their money. I mean, sad to say, that's what a lot of churches are about. They're, they've built these great big edifices. Not that, not that that's wrong. But, uh, you know, don't rock the boat because people are getting mad and they'll leave. Well, by golly, uh, we've paid for that. Sound doctrine uh, has been abandoned in so many churches. And uh, we must see that truth must define right. And right must be defined by what is truth. There is right and wrong. There is right and wrong. Uh, There is no uh, uh, middle ground, and we need to see that. And so we must have a passion for upholding the truths uh, that all Christians uh, claim to believe. Now, what would that be? There are a lot of them. Uh, for instance, the, uh, the gospel, which teaches that salvation is by grace alone, uh, in Christ alone, uh, uh, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's something that all Christians uh, believe and really defines us. Uh, the deity of Christ, the, the physical, literal coming, uh, second coming of Christ, uh, the incarnation and virgin birth of Christ. The Trinity is huge. I mean, Christianity is Trinitarian, you see. And so there are important things that we as believers hold to. And, uh, but the spirit of the age says uh, that we are to uh, just accept everybody, love everybody. Uh, there's no creed but Christ. Well, that's true if you have the right Christ. If, you're, if you understand who Christ is and, and salvation by, by faith alone, through Christ alone. So, uh, so there's a lot to talk about here. And uh, so I want you to be set free and not bound by the spirit of the age that says we're to accept all faith. Uh, we're to make room for all faiths. And you hear that quite a bit today. Uh, after all, don't they trust God too? Don't they look to God 
shouldn't we be unified? I mean, I understand the name of their God is Allah, but that, my friends, is not the same as Jehovah God. Allah is not God. Allah is no God. Jehovah is the great I am, the creator of the universe. Jesus said, I am. He is Jehovah. And so there's a huge difference between Mohammed and Jesus Christ. Mohammed was a false prophet. A wicked man if you study all about his life. Very wicked man. And people follow this false prophet. And they need to really look and and study and find out what they say they claim to believe because it's not right. It's, It's wrong. They will not make it to heaven trusting in Allah or Muhammad, uh, the Koran, or anything else. Because uh, Jesus Christ is God. We find that all through the scriptures. John 1.18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, the only begotten God, who is that? Christ, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him or declared him. Jesus Christ uh, is the one true living God, the Son of God. Uh, Jesus said, destroy this temple and I will raise it up, you see. And so it's very important that we understand who Christ is. And uh, uh, Muhammad died and he is still dead. No claim of resurrection, but Christ, of course, rose from the dead and was triumph over uh, the devil. Interesting. Second uh, John uh, seven through eleven says, "For many deceivers have gone out into the world; those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as what coming in the flesh. In other words, Christ was God manifested in the flesh." Well, see, they reject that. This is what? The deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves, John says. As Paul is saying, watch out. You better be on on guard here that you do not lose what you have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in what? Not the teaching of anybody else, you see. Christ. Not Allah, not uh, Buddha, not, but it's the teaching of Christ, he says. Does not what? Does not have God. It's not a possibility and in the scriptures, well, you know, we've got to be a little lenient here. No, they do not have God because they have rejected God and his word. And so uh, he goes on. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the what? Father and the Son. We see the Trinity coming out here. The Trinity coming out here. To reject the Trinity is to reject Christ as God. You cannot do that. I'm sorry. The scriptures are very clear. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting. 
For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. Now, I'm not saying that when a Jehovah's Witness comes to your house that you're not going to say, hey, uh, uh, my name's Sid, you know. But what they're, remember we talked about greeting last time. Paul says, greet so-and-so. In other words, as a brother or a sister, you don't go and throw your arms around and say, hey, brother. You see, because they're not. They're not a brother or sister. They don't know God, and we have to make that very clear to them. And this is, this is why sound doctrine is so, so important uh, in, uh, in Christianity and in what we believe. And so when Paul says to avoid them, he's not saying stop loving them, stop witnessing to them. No, just don't greet them as a brother in Christ or just a brother because their God is different. No, they have no God, you see. There is no Allah. There is uh, uh, no other God but the true and living God uh, and Christ, the Son of God, uh, who is God himself. Uh, uh, Many battles have been fought over this and will continue to be fought over this very topic. In chapter 14 of Romans, remember, uh, there Paul calls for unity over non-essential things. And we talked all about these non-essential things. But uh, there he was talking about strong and weak Christians living together in unity. Uh, whether, you know, you were in some of those things we looked at just to review, pre-trib, post-trib, uh, which one is it? Eating meat, not eating meat, uh, whole food uh, versus processed food, uh, wine drinkers, not wine drinkers, uh, certain days, so forth. All of those are non-essential things that we can differ on. But you see, that, those are not sound doctrine. Now, the problem is, is figuring out then what is sound doctrine. What is, what is essential? What is important? And that's what we're going to be looking at. Because uh, there are things that are extremely important. Uh, but Paul here is speaking about something completely different than what he was talking about in Romans 14. And uh, Paul's first... Uh, command in, in 17 is to watch out. He, and to watch out means keep your eye on those who cause divisions, those who cause disunity. So Paul is concerned about unity, but what he's saying here is you cannot be unified with somebody who doesn't believe truth, that doesn't believe sound doctrine, the foundations of the Christian faith, the virgin birth, the, the trinity, and so forth. Because there, there are... Uh, Watch out for these people. But Paul is still concerned about unity among Christians. So it's not, we don't have a contradiction here is what I'm saying. So don't let that be a problem. His uh, second command is to notice, avoid them. Avoid them. And now, what is avoiding them? That's division, isn't it? I mean, you're separating. Uh, Divide from them uh, because of sound doctrine. Uh, This is over over uh, very important uh, truth. Paul calls uh, for truth-based division. Okay, That's what he's talking about here. He's talking about dividing over truth itself. Divide over truth. Sound biblical teaching. And so if you, if you go into a church and the, pa- and the pastor is preaching heresy, 
he's preaching that Christ is not God and so forth, you're to leave and separate. Just, you know, let others go there, but you don't take part in uh, 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 teaching that is contrary to the fundamentals of, of the Christian faith. And so that's, that's essential here. And now, the, uh, the problem is, uh, and, and I've been guilty of this, uh, don't be so uh, obsessed with spotting doctrinal error that you forget to rejoice in the doctrinal truth of Christ. You can become a fighting fundy and that you're just attacking everything. All, and then you realize, I'm not worshiping God by doing all of this. You see what I'm saying? So that's the danger. That's the danger. Uh, be balanced. Uh, Paul is saying here, uh, uh, we need to, to realize that our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians three seventeen through 20 says, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk, all right, now these are the, uh, those that he's not, for many walk of whom I have often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Now notice how he focuses on the cross of Christ. And the cross of Christ is God manifested in the flesh, died on a cross, paid for your sins. They deny that. You see, so watch out, he says. Uh, uh, even He says, uh, and tell you even we that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is what? Destruction. Whose God is their appetite and whose glory is their shame. Uh, they ought to be ashamed about what they glory in, is what he's saying. Who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven. Notice this is pretty, you know, a warning. But then he ends, for our citizenship is in heaven, which, uh, for which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So he ends it with, with positive. Wow. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Trust Him. Rejoice in Him. Uh, this is what, uh, what's so important in the, in the Christian life. And he goes on in Philippians 4, uh, 4 and verse 8. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. See, that's what, that's what we really need to be concentrating on as well as being aware of those who are not teaching truth, is to remember to rejoice in the truth. And the, the school I went to uh, uh, was really one-sided in fighting uh, uh, false doctrine. But I was well-grounded in that, I really under, and I really appreciate that. But what they really failed, in my observation, was not dwelling on uh, ministering to people, loving people, uh, accepting people for their differences. They even had first and second and third uh, degrees of separation. Not only did you separate from somebody who was a heretic, but if somebody else uh, uh, was associating with them, you didn't associate with that person because they're associating. And it got so convoluted that you go, you know, after a while. But uh, Paul's point is, is very clear here. And uh, we need to, to understand what he's saying. Uh, yeah, you do fight. You do fight false doctrine. You do stand for truth, and may even have to give your life for it. But at the same time, don't forget. Uh, well, 
who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ. And our inheritance is in heaven. And uh, also, verse 8, he says here, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, good report, if there is any excellence in anything worthy of praise, what? Dwell on those things. In other words, don't dwell on the negative. Don't dwell on... on uh, uh, by the way, how do you uh, know what a counterfeit bill is like? Do you study every counterfeit bill that was ever made? You study the real thing. You become so enthralled in, in uh, what he's talking about here. You dwell on what is true and, and, and pure and holy and just. So then when the counterfeit comes along, you spot it. Why? Because you know what the real looks like. And uh, that's, that's uh, important also for us to, uh, to be constantly focused on Christ. And for one thing, not just be weird. You know, <laughs> I've been accused of being weird. And uh, really, when I look back on it, I probably was. Uh, at least I came across uh, that way. But there is a doctrinal standard. There is truth. Uh, that uh, we should depart from those that, that hold those things. It's uh, in, important. Now, in 2 Timothy, Paul's writing to Timothy with the thoughts on the future well-being of Timothy. And uh, as, as uh, uh, David brought out this morning, and, uh, but he was concerned that he stands. And he even calls him his beloved child in 2 Timothy 1.12. And uh, he tells Timothy what things really matters the most. And uh, first of all, he commends to, uh, to Timothy the glorious gospel of Christ. And verses, uh, chapter uh, 1, verses 8 through 10, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering, what? For the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ. What is he doing? Preaching the gospel. He's telling the gospel here. Uh, uh, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior uh, Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Wow. He's telling Timothy... To stand for the gospel, stand for truth, uh, realize the importance of doing that. And so, uh, also, he, uh, regarding uh, uh, the scriptures themselves, sound doctrine, the importance of sound, uh, uh, actually, this is the, uh, the inspired scriptures. We'll see this, uh, the, the other one next. But evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing that from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, he says. What was that? The Old Testament. You've known these sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ. Christ was in the Old Testament. That's what he's saying. You can find Christ in the Old Testament. Uh, and he said, uh, salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. 
So he, he's, he says very clearly here, doesn't he, that the, the scriptures are inspired. And he says, Timothy, hold on to this. This is extremely important. Also, he instructs Timothy regarding the uh, importance of sound doctrine. The importance of sound doctrine. Re, uh, retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me. Retain the standard of sound words in the faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. And it, I mean, it's all focused on Christ, who Christ is, faith in Him. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Whoa. It's a treasure, people. The gospel is, the, is a treasure. It's a truth that is, is, is precious. It's just, it's the best thing in life is knowing Christ and Him crucified, trusting Him, loving Him, uh, sharing Him with others. It's what life is all about. And so uh, Paul is telling Timothy to do this, uh, the importance of sound doctrine. And uh, we see that all through these pastoral epistles, uh, this this sound doctrine. Uh, Sound doctrine is... uh, To be treasured, but what else does he tell Timothy? In 2 Timothy 2.2, it's to be the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to what? Faithful men who will be able to teach others also. See, we're to share this wonderful gospel, this sound doctrine with other people. In other words, just open the Bible and say, do you know what? God has to say about salvation, about how you get to him, uh, that it's uh, faith in Christ alone. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he didn't say, I am one of the ways. He said, no, I am the way, the truth. No man comes to the Father but through me, by me. It's clear. It's, it's not It's not. Fuzzy and, oh, well, we, you don't understand. We've got to allow for these Buddhists, you know, they, and, and Muslims and, and uh, uh, Mormons. These people, no, they, no, they don't. They don't believe the truth as we find in Scripture. I'm sorry they don't. And, uh, uh, I think the, the Bible is extremely clear and Paul is very clear uh, in saying this truth is to be given to uh, to other uh, other people, and also uh, one definition, three elements of sound doctrine. These are really interesting. These don't come from me, but one definition of sound doctrine is teaching from God. That's the source about God. He is the object, and then uh, the ultimate end is the glory of God. That's sound doctrine. Very, very clear. It's teaching from God. He's the source. Teaching about God. He is the object. And it directs us to the glory of God, the ultimate end. The source of sound doctrine, of course, is the triune God, who is the ultimate ultimate teacher and uh, who has made uh, himself known to us. Uh, Praise God for that. He has made himself known to us. 
1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 14. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. See, here we the Trinity, the Spirit. We've seen God the Son, God the Father, and now he talks about, for to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. And then... uh, Like I said, I have a lot of uh, <laughs> scriptures this morning, and I want to make sure that uh, uh, these are here, uh, uh, that I have them in the right order. And also, he enlightens us to guide us through his holy scripture as the source. That's 2 Timothy three sixteen, is it not, uh, that says... Uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. Uh, uh, he guides us through his scripture, a very, very clear. Uh, and then Peter warns, I think this, and Mark 7 says this, and he said to them, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, the people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, but in vain do they worship me teaching as doctrines the precepts of men, the traditions of men, which is not Holy Scripture, you see. Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. He was also saying to them, you are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. So is it a tradition of man or is it from God's word? uh, Peter warns against distorting the scriptures. He says in 2 Peter 3, see, just if, you did, if you thought this was some little topic, it's huge. It's that important. And regard the patience of our Lord as uh, uh, salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you. So Peter is basically saying what Paul is writing is according to the wisdom from God given him. And uh, that he wrote to them so also in all his letters speaking to them of these things in which uh, are some things hard to understand. Is that true, brethren? Yep. Which the untaught and unstable distort as they do also the rest of the scriptures, the rest of the scriptures, uh, to their own destruction. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then it's interesting, the last point is right here. The end of sound doctrine is what? Glory. And he says it, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Wow. It's good stuff. And uh, the object of sound doctrine is to direct us to see God as from the one whom uh, it flows. Uh, we saw, remember, in uh, Romans eleven thirty six, for from him, 
and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So Paul's already spoken about that in, in Romans. It's that important, people. It's that important that uh, we glorify him uh, in sound doctrine. We see that uh, we're just about out of time, but uh, <clears throat> the pattern of sound doctrine is Trinitarian. I've already spoken about that. If you have, you want to write this down, I'm not going to take time to read it. Ephesians 4, uh, 4 through 6. Uh, it's also creation affirming sound doctrine is. Uh, 1 Timothy 2.13, for it was Adam who was first created, then Eve, so it's creation affirming, that's what sound doctrine does. It's also gospel-centered, which we've looked at. Here's another verse, Titus 2.11-14, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope in the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, uh, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed. He's given the gospel and to purify for himself a people of his own possession, zealous of good works. Amen. And uh, uh, it's gospel-centered. And you can find that all through the writings of Paul. And then it's church-oriented. A sound doctrine is church-oriented. And that's why we need to make sure the, stir, the church stays pure. That sound doctrine is, is, is taught and those who would come in and preach anything else would not be welcome. I am writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support. What? See, that's what we're all about. We're about supporting the truth of God the sound doctrine that's found in God's Word. Because without it, you have no foundation to stand on. If it's, well, it's just whatever you think, and it's uh, relativism, it's... uh, No. No. It's God's Word. It's God's Word, infallible, inspired Word, as we studied in Sunday school. And uh, uh, it's to uh, the glory of God. It's to the glory of God. First Peter 4.11 Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be, here it is, glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever see he's just not throwing that in as, as, uh, as well here's a good way to end it no because sound doctrine glorifies God why because it's telling the truth about what the scriptures teach concerning Christ it's so important that we understand that here's a uh, and I'll end on this a good definition of sound doctrine, uh, a good definition of sound doctrine is the teaching of our Heavenly Father revealed in Jesus Christ and transmitted to us by the Holy Spirit in Holy Scripture 
And it is to be received, confessed, and followed in the church to the glory of God's name. That's, that's beautiful. Let me read that again. Sound doctrine is the teaching of our Heavenly Father revealed in Jesus Christ and transmitted to us by the Holy Spirit in Holy Scripture, and it is to be received, confessed, and followed in the church to the glory of God's name. So, brothers and sisters, we have God's Word. The Mormons don't have God's Word. The Book of Mormon is not God's Word. Sorry, it just didn't. It's heresy. It's heresy. It's wrong. The Koran is wrong. It is not inspired by God. This is God's Word. And we're to uphold it. And we're to, to, to obey it because it's sound doctrine. It's sound teaching. And what does that do? Glorify God. We're to glorify Him in all that we say and do. And He tells us how to do that. And wants us to hear so that we might glorify Him and sing praises to Him. Let's pray together. Father, I I thank You this morning that uh, we can come together as Your children. That we can trust Your Word because it is truth. Uh, Your Word is truth. Lord, help us to to rest this morning in the finished work of Christ. Lord, I thank you that the gospel is found in your word, that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in the shed blood of Christ, uh, that uh, he, he, he was uh, crucified, he died, he was buried, but then he rose again for our justification. And now, Father, we, uh, by faith, have received that righteousness of Christ that we've sung about this morning. Lord, your gracious God who has given us the wonderful gospel of Christ, uh, the good news that Jesus saves. Help us to trust him, to stand firm on the foundation of your word. Uh, Give us grace to do that in Jesus' name. Amen.